success is following Jesus. And if Taisha wants to be a success, all she has to do is follow Jesus. Um, and we are confident that he is guiding. You know, the Bible says, uh, Jesus himself said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so that's what this series is about. We want to find out what that looks like in our daily lives. How do we follow Jesus? How can this work out in my day-to-day life, in my school and in my business and in my relationships and in my finances? And how does that work out? What does it look like for a person to be a follower of Jesus? I do want to welcome the people who are listening by way of the Internet. You should be able to download the same listening guide that we're using right here in the Worship Center at Eastside Baptist Church. Hope that you'll follow right along with us as we study God's Word. One of the characteristics of followers of Jesus is that they are reading the Word. They are in the habit of doing this. It is our operations manual for life. So we're reading the Word. It's a guidebook for every decision. So we're reading the Word. It's a road map for healthy relationships. And so we're reading the Word. It's a handbook for financial fitness. And so we're reading the Word. It's a source book for success. And so we're reading the Word. And it's the ultimate reference book for anybody who wants to know God and have a relationship with Him. And so... We're reading the Word. Now, I went to Google Images and I put in reading the Word, and I have some images that I picked out, just three of them quickly. Now, what's, what is the problem with this picture? There's dust on the Bible, which means what? Not being used, right? And so somebody wisely scribbled in the dust, read me. Uh, Here's another slide. I thought this was interesting because it shows John in the Bible, and then it shows a cell phone where you can also read John in the Bible. Let me just say this to you. Listen carefully. There is absolutely no excuse for you not to read your Bible. You have tablets, you have computers, you have laptops, you have cell phones, smartphones, and everything else, and you can actually download a little app called YouVersion, and it has all the versions of the Bible, and if you really don't have the ability to read, it'll read to you. I mean, there's not an excuse, is there, Pastor? There's no excuse. Say it again. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Let me just say this. Listen carefully. The people that I know that are struggling the most in their lives are people who have neglected daily Bible reading. So there's a need for us to have the Word of God coming into us on a daily basis. We want to be reading it and studying it and memorizing it and meditating upon it and singing it and praying it and sharing it with others and living it and obeying it. We want God's Word in our lives. Here's the last picture I have for you. 
And this is a family. What I like about this is they've got an open Bible. It is clearly a Bible. It says Holy Bible right on it. And the little girl is holding it, and the whole family has smiles on their faces. They're not frowning. They're not bored. They're reading the Bible together. I want you to know that it is my practice with my wife to read the Bible with her. We read it out loud. Now, sometimes we read it privately and quietly, but we have a habit of reading the Bible to each other. It is a good habit for us spiritually. And if you are a Christ follower, you want to find new ways of reading the Bible and getting it into your life because it's going to cleanse you and it's going to refresh you and it's going to strengthen you and it's going to clear some of this garbage out of your mind. Here's some important facts about the Bible. Let me just share some things with you. It is the Word of God. It originated in the heart of God. There are 66 individual books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. There are 40 different authors, and the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years. Now, this is quite remarkable. The Bible, all 66 books, written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors, and yet, there is a unity in the message. It is a divinely inspired book. God gave it to us. And so we can have confidence that its truths are eternal truths. Men wrote down every word as God inspired them to write. And that's why it all agrees without any contradictions. Let me just say this. If you find a contradiction in the Bible, you're reading it wrong. There are no contradictions. You just need to go back and read it again. The Bible is inspired. That word inspired means God breathed. God breathed out His Word to us, revealing Himself to us, exposing our true spiritual condition and showing us the only way of salvation. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for us. We want to read the Word of God. The Bible is without error. The word that is used is inerrant. It means there are no errors. If you find something historical in the Bible, it is accurate. It is true. You can trust it. If you find something scientific in the Bible, it is accurate, it is true. You can trust it. It is true in every way. God is perfect in every way. He can only give us a Bible that is perfect in every way. Every word is true and exactly what God wanted to communicate to us. It is His love letter to His people. The Bible is the only source of absolute truth in the universe. It is true in all of its teachings. It is true in all of its doctrines. It's true in all of its promises. It's true in all of its assertions. It's true in its judgments. It's true in every way. Thy word is true. And so we should be reading the word 
and taking it into our lives as often as we can. Why should I read the Bible? First of all, it helps us to know and understand who God is, His attributes, what He's really like, His character. I want to know God. If you want to know God, you're not going to go sit out on a mountain somewhere and go, oh, that's not how you know God. That's how you get demonic possession. You want to know God? Get into the Bible. If you believe in God, get into the Bible. Find out what He's like. He reveals Himself in the pages of Scripture. There's a verse of Scripture, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. I'd like for us to read this together. Would you that, do that with me, please? Let's read it together. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is where you gain spiritual insight. It's where you gain an understanding of God's ways. You want to know what God's up to? Get into the Bible. Let Him speak to you out of His Word. He designed you to hear Him through His Word. He'll speak to your heart. When Jesus said, By sheep hear my voice, He was talking about listening to what He's saying through His Word. Get into the Bible. Let it speak to you. It'll reveal who God is, what His nature is, what He's like, and what He desires. Number two, it reveals to us the nature of sin. It identifies what's right and wrong. Oh, listen, we are so confused in this culture about right and wrong. It is so confusing. I mean, one day this is right, and the next day it's wrong. It's just the crazy thing. And if you're looking to the culture to help you decide what's right and wrong, you're going to be on a roller coaster. It's going to change from day to day. Whatever pleases somebody on a particular day will be what is right or what is wrong. But the Bible doesn't change. Here's what the Bible says. Romans 3.23. Why don't we read this one too? It's coming up on the screen as we speak. It's coming up on the screen as we speak. As we speak. I thought that would be impressive. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you know what the word all means? In the Greek language, here's what it means. All. All means all. And that's all that all means. It means everybody here is a sinner. Everybody. Now you say, well, I don't feel much like a sinner. Well, let me just tell you, the Bible says you're a sinner. It says all of us are sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Why do I want to read the Bible? Because it reveals to me what's really going on. And the world and the devil and the flesh will seek to deceive you into thinking something's happening that really isn't happening at all. The devil wants you to believe that you can save yourself. 
The devil wants you to believe that you can get through life without a relationship with God. The devil wants you to believe that you're going to go to heaven without Jesus Christ. The devil wants you to believe it doesn't really matter what you believe. But the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It reveals to us our true spiritual condition. The scriptures are very clear in this. The Bible reveals to us the nature of sin. It identifies what's right and wrong, what's good and what's bad, and why we act the way we do. It's because all of us are sinners. If you're having trouble with that, I'd rather you just shut it down. Okay? Are we back? What did it do? Just quit? Okay. There you go. All right. We're on number three. It convicts us about the sin in our lives. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Let's see if we can get this one to come up. Here we go. Hey, there it is. I like that. I, I want us to read it together. Here we go. You ready? For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. The Bible convicts us of sin. The Bible's able to get into places that even doctors can't get. The Bible gets down to the discerning of our thoughts and the motives of our hearts. The Bible reveals that. It's a book of great wisdom and great power. And it convicts us where we've been wrong, where we've done things that need to be corrected. I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us in our sinful state. That he, he cares, he's compassionate, he loves us, and he wants to move us forward, and he wants us to mature and grow in our faith. And so he convicts us about the sin in our lives and says, this is wrong, you need to correct this attitude, you need to correct this behavior, you need to correct this. Number four. The Bible tells us about God's great love for all mankind. We have a God who loves us with an unconditional love. Taisha, I would say this to you. Don't ever forget. You have a heavenly Father who loves you like no one else. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. This is God the Father who declares His love for us. Here's John 3.16. Can we read it together, please? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God declared His love for us in the Bible. You know, you can't experience God's love if you don't know that He really does love you. He really does. You know how I know that? The next verse. You ready? Let's read it together. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us 
while we were still sinners. Hey, my friend, listen. You want to say, hey, does God really love me? Just take a look at the cross. He loved you so much that he was unwilling for you to die in your sins. He loved you even while you were still a sinner. Even while you were in rebellion against him, he said, I love you so much. Listen, if you're in rebellion against God today, I want you to know his love for you hasn't changed. He still loves you. And he'll never quit loving you. He loves you enough to send his own son. If you were the only person on the planet who was a sinner headed for hell, Jesus Christ still would have died for you. He loves you that much. He shed his blood on Calvary's cross so that you and I could be forgiven. We could have a relationship with God that would last for eternity. Listen. I honor this graduate. She's accomplished a great thing. But without Jesus Christ, it's all for naught. Amen? You need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us about God's unfailing, unconditional, unstoppable love. It tells us of His great love for all mankind. Number five, it tells us about the history of mankind and our interactions with a holy God. You see, the entire Bible was written to show man's inability to govern himself and God's grace to meet him at his point of need. A look at the history of mankind. How have we been doing? Not so good. Look at our own history. We treat each other horribly. You know why we treat each other horribly? Because deep inside, we're selfish, greedy, inhumane sinners. You shouldn't be laughing at me when I'm talking that way. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? We're, we're just selfish and uh, we're sinners. We treat each other horribly. And so we try to set up a government to help us to behave better. How's that working for you? That same sin is in the hearts of the congressmen and the senators. That same sin woven into the hearts of our leaders. That same sin, it's there. And it causes us to do things that are selfish. We try to govern with our own selfish nature and it doesn't work. And the Bible was written to reveal to us our inability. The history of mankind is riddled with illustrations of man trying to build a utopia to build the perfect society, to build the perfect government. And here we are, we're doing a great job, and then all of a sudden our selfish nature takes over. And we get greedy, and we start mistreating people, and start treating them unfairly to our own advantage. And then we fight, and we hate each other, and it's all because of the problem called sin. Let me tell you what Jesus does. He comes in, and he reverses all of that. And he makes us walk up to people that we didn't even know and say, hey, I love you. He, he makes us friends. He makes us able to work together. 
He makes us able to be unselfish. He does that because he crucifies that selfish flesh. And he brings about a change in our values and our priorities. And now, instead of trying to govern ourselves, we put ourselves under the government of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He's on my throne. He's governing my life. And I'm not ruled by my sinful nature anymore. I'm ruled by the presence of a risen Christ. And then He works out His plan in my life and I'm able then to love people who are very unlovable. And I'm able to do things for people who are unkind. And I'm able to do that because of the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Bible is riddled with Stories about man's inability to govern himself. We can't do it without Christ. And then God's graciousness to meet us at our point of need. I've got I've got great news for you. Listen carefully. Please write this down. We do not need a Democratic president or a Republican president or an independent president. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no political solutions to the mess we're in. The only thing that's going to help us is a sweeping move of the Holy Spirit of God among us. It's the only thing. Friend, I don't care who gets to be president. If we don't have a change in the moral climate of our communities, we're going to go right downhill. That's just the truth. Y'all know that I'm telling you the truth. We need a sweeping change of heart so that we look at each other with kindness and love and not hatred and division. Can I get an amen? Well, the Bible is full of stories about God's grace to meet us at our point of need. We fail. We try. We fail. We try. We fail. And then He comes in with His grace and meets our need. Number six, the Bible. Why should I read it? Why should I read the Word? It foretells the future. Only God knows everything that's going to happen. He's the only one that knows everything that's going to happen in the future. And He declares the beginning from the end. He's the first and the last. Can I just say this to you? This is tweetable. You can put this on your Facebook page. God has the final say in everything. Everything. Romans chapter 11. I'm reading this great passage. Romans chapter 11. I'm reading the last part of this great chapter speaking of God's sovereignty and His ability to know the future from the past and listen to what the scripture says. Listen. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? Listen to this. Now listen. For of him and 
through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever and ever. Aisha is from him, through him, and to him. As is everybody in this place. Lost or saved. Your final destiny is determined by your choice. What are you doing with Jesus Christ? But I'm telling you, you are from him, through him, and to him. Everything in the entire universe is from him, through him, and to him. Friend, most of us do not have a vision big enough. Because everything is from Him, through Him, to Him. If you get that in your mind and heart, it'll change your perspective. Everything is from Him, through Him, and to Him. A great truth. And that's one of the reasons that we read the Bible. He foretells the future. Listen, I don't even know what's going to happen at 1 o'clock today. I hope I'm eating wings. But I've already promised I'm eating last. Would y'all do me a favor and leave me some wings? I don't even know what's going to happen at 1 o'clock, but I'm telling you, I know the one who knows what's going to happen. He sees far into the future, friend. And if you trust your life into His hands, He'll guide you on the path that will suit His purposes and bring Him glory and satisfy your soul. If you'll trust Him. If you'll trust Him. Number seven, the Bible provides us with wisdom, guidance, encouragement, direction, comfort, understanding, assurance, and promises. The Bible tells us God wants us to read the Word. He wants us to sing it, to ponder it, to study it, to discuss it, to share it, to pray it, to obey it, and to live it. He wants us to be in the Word so we can get to know Him and then serve Him with our lives. My heart is toward the Lord. And I want to serve Him. And I hope your heart is toward Him today. Not only in gratefulness for what God has done in Taisha's life, but deep gratefulness for what He's done for you. For Christ Jesus died on Calvary's cross. The very Son of the living God went to a cruel Roman cross. The Bible says He bore our sins in His body on the cross. The Bible tells us that God released His wrath against the sin that you and I committed against that sin in Jesus on the cross. So here's Jesus hanging on the cross. And your sin was placed in Jesus at the cross. And God reared back His fist of wrath and He punished 
your sin in Jesus at the cross. He punished your sin. The wages of sin is death. And He paid for your sin at the cross so you and I could be forgiven. And all you've got to do is admit you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and that He rose again. And commit your life to Him. A, B, C. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you that He rose again. And commit your life to Him. That's all you've got to do. Let me just tell you, only a fool would turn that down. It's the best decision you could ever make. Committing your life to Jesus Christ. It's the best decision you could ever make. And I challenge you to make that decision today. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. If you're here today and you have never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, and you've never committed your life to Him, I can't do that for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You've got to do that yourself. 